Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Now here's the message. Well, welcome to Cobblestone, guys, um, where we're trying a little something different this morning. Um, but uh, let me say happy Mother's Day uh, to all the moms. If you're a mom, raise your hand. If, yeah, isn't that beautiful? We love our moms. Um, some of us love our moms. I love my mom, so <laughs> you should love your mom. They do a lot for us, don't they, Jesse? So. <laughs> um, but uh, today is going to be a little different because there was, if you're reading the reading plan, we're in John 18 through 21, and then it gets into Acts 1. And if you remember, if you were here uh, on Palm Sunday, I preached about um, how people doubted uh, when Jesus resurrected. I don't know if you remember that, but excellent sermon. But no, <laughs> but, but no, I noticed then that there's these, there's these women, right? There's these wonderful women that are surrounding Jesus and his ministry, um, and you see them, and it, it refers to them as the women, and there's some names and so on and so forth. But today, the reading plan this past week was John 18 through 21, and you see the same story. So then in, in light of Mother's Day, we felt like, well, this would be, this would be a wonderful opportunity uh, to do some ministry and kind of aim a little bit more of the message towards, towards women, not just moms, but women in general, um, because they're vital, they're important. Um, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, what's this guy know about women, right? Um, not as much as I think I know, probably. Um, but in, so that's why this other chair is up here. So in, the, in that series, I thought, well, I don't want to just be the guy that talks about this. I think it's better to have a woman, have a mother, have uh, my best friend, Heath. You can go ahead and come on up. Uh, help me in this. And she is here at Cobblestone. She's our women's director. So she's involved and she's trying to orchestrate and serve and love and uh, do a lot of women's ministry in and around the church. Um, so she's my wife. We've been married. <laughs> she's more than my wife. <laughs> We've been married, what, 23, 22, 23 years, give or take? Yeah. So is, that's how it's a guy 22. says it, right? In November, it'll be 23. So. <laughs> Who's counting? So <laughs> Apparently not him. <laughs> so I, we have about four points that we kind of want to go over that kind of come off of the reading plan about some of the women surrounding Jesus, and especially Mary Magdalene. Um, but I also want to say at the end, we have a photo booth, 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 I don't know what a booth is, but we got a photo booth set up out there, get some pictures with mom, that would make her happy, get a family picture. There's also some chocolates and sweets for all the ladies, not just the moms. So that'll be after when you leave, uh, get one of those. And uh, Dean was telling me some guys, Dean, you in here? Dean was telling me that there was some guys <laughs> grabbing um, some candy and that's not cool. We're going to set some security around that. No, it's all for the ladies. They're like, I'm grabbing this for her. She doesn't want the calories. I'll eat it. That's yeah. what he would say. I've got this. I'm saving you here. Um, so anyways, babe, go ahead, uh, say a prayer and jump into it. It's yours. So. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell welcome. me what to do. <laughs> We're starting out well, aren't we? Okay. All right, Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you for Mother's Day. I thank you for all the moms. I know it's a good day for some and not so much for others. So I pray even for those hurting mothers that they will, um, that you actually turn that hurt into just comfort and peace 
and that they feel your love today, God, that they've never experienced before. Um, let us just enjoy this day. I pray for Jeremiah and I that our words will yes, be Lord. your words, and I pray that our words will just fall on people's ears and that they will leave changed and free today, God. Yes, In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Can All you guys right. hear her well? Is that okay? Can this guys... might, might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like it's like getting a little... I'm, I'm, Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, babe. Okay. Let's go ahead and turn to John 19, 25. And like Jeremiah said, we're going to look at the um, women that surrounded Jesus. And fun notice, we have one Bible up here because... Jeremiah didn't want to share his Bible with me today. He asked me where my Bible was when we were packing our stuff up. And I was like, I'm just going to use your Bible. And he did not want to share today. So one Bible. <laughs> He's sharing with me today. Sacrificial. So let's look at John 19.25, where it says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So when I read through this, Mary Magdalene stood out to me. And um, so I wanted to look to see who was Mary Magdalene. We've, the Gospels have talked about her. So as we began to look at Mary Magdalene, in Luke, it tells us that she had seven demons casted out of her. She was healed of um, sickness and infirmities. She also was several women who walked and ministered with Jesus, and she supported Jesus with her own means. So not only did she give her time and her service, she gave her material goods as well. And in the scripture that we just read there, it talked that she was among the women that was there when Jesus was getting crucified. And then we also see Mary Magdalene. She is one of the women that he showed up to after he resurrected. So he chose to show up to Mary and speak to her. So as I look through these things, I just wanted to um, share a little bit more of each one of those. So we're going to start out with, if you turn to Luke 8, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3. It says, soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided them who provided for them out of their own means. And when I read this, Mary Magdalene, it talks about how she had seven demons gone out of her. And we can see through here and the other women that Jesus had set her free. After he had set her free, then she began to follow him and to serve him. 
So as I read that, I thought about myself, and I want you to think about not even just the women, but the men too. Where were you when Jesus had set you free? I can say that I was 17, the middle of my senior year of high school, and I... My parents went to church, but it, they just, we just went because it was something that you do. Um, we really didn't read the Bible throughout the week. I didn't know much about Jesus, so we really didn't live it out. But I ended up, my older sister and brother ended up giving their life to Christ. And for a while, I thought they were crazy and in an occult, and I didn't want any part of it. But then I ended up going, and the Lord got a hold of me, and I gave my life to Christ at 17. And I can say, now looking back, Jesus freed me from my sinful life. I was, I was bound, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you that I had demons, but I know that I was bound, and when I gave my life to Christ, I was set free. And from that point, I started following Jesus. I could feel a freedom that was lifted off of me. And I'm sure many of you believers in here could say the same thing. And so people, because I didn't grow up in the church and I really didn't care, um, people would ask me things about the Bible and I would just be like, I I don't know, but I love Jesus, you know, and I felt so free. And I, and I was, but I started getting in the Word and reading the Bible, and I started loving Jesus. I started walking with Him. I started serving Him. I did exactly what Jesus, what Mary did here with Jesus. She didn't go back, guys. She was all in. So today, I want to ask you, I want you to examine yourself today, men and women. Are you free today? Have you, are you all in? Are you living and are you walking for Jesus? Because I know, even as I've given my life to the Lord, I'm 17, and so I'm 44, and so I've been with the Lord for 27 years, and I can tell you that I've been set free at 17, but throughout my walk with Christ, there's more times where I've had to get set free of things. Your mic's kind of glitching, I think. I hear that, but do you think I should put closer to my cheek. You know I'm <laughs> going to say that, but... Just cause, um, is that, is it me that's glitching? I but, don't know. Um, so I want to ask you today, what lies are you believing? And I believe as women, we believe a lot more different lies than women. Or I men. can, uh, or than, than men. men. Yep. I can tell you that I have believed that I'm not good enough that I'm not capable enough, even today. Like, who are you to be on stage to talk to these women? Um, I'm not, I'm, my body image, I know women um, struggle with insecurities with their physicality. Um, I know men too, uh, you worry. It's Mother's Day, and how many moms are feeling so guilty that they are not the mom that they wanted to be or the grandma that they wanted to be. I mean, what lies are you believing? And so today, I believe that Jesus has me here on this stage to tell you that whatever lies you're believing, it is lies, and it's from the devil. And not even just to moms, but people who are single. In your singleness, 
God can do many and great things for you. So today, if you walk out of here with anything, I want you to walk out of here so free and, and so stand tall because Jesus is on your side and he died on the cross for our sins, but to set us free as well, just like Mary Magdalene. And so as we looked into this, how do we get set free? Whenever we talk about spiritual warfare, we know that we can always go to the armor of God. So the armor of God is in Ephesians 6. And whenever, so Jeremiah and I prepared, started preparing this message together. And when we started reading about the armor of God, we started, um, Ed talked about how the Bible wasn't written in chapters, they just kind of wrote it. So we're, Jeremiah is going to read chapter 5 in through 6 because if we can get and fight with the armor of God, we have to know and live chapter 5 and a little bit of the 6 first. So I'm going to pass that on to Jeremiah. Yeah, um, and that's something that, that, that may get skipped over often. And if I'm honest with you, in our culture, uh, even in Christianity, um, there's some things here in... Uh, six, well, five and six that have been abused, have been misused, have been misunderstood, but uh, yeah, they're still scripture and they're in there for a reason. And we have to let the word of God define our Christianity, not we define our Christianity. We let the word of God do that. Um, so there is some heavy things in there, and I'm going to talk about even the, the, the one thing that'll hit is wives submit to your own husbands. You're like, how about that for a Mother's Day message? You're like, oh, I see. But when, when that word submit even gets thrown out, some of us have a trigger, you know, you, you, bad situations, bad preaching, bad leadership, uh, bad dads, I don't know, husband situations that are, that are evil. And so I, I want you, even when I say this or read through this, I don't want you to have that little lawyer inside, yeah, but, or, well, I want you just to go to the Father and ask the Holy Spirit to just soften your heart and have, help you to have ears to hear what you're supposed to hear, women and men, kids and, and everything, because he addresses some things. And I'm a big order guy. I talk about this a lot. I believe in spiritual authority. I believe you see it in Scripture over and over and over again. And I believe in our churches and in, especially in, in our country, we have a tendency to kind of want to sidestep some of this stuff. And I don't think we're supposed to sidestep it. I think we're supposed to work through it. Difficult, tr tricky, good, healthy conversations, good prayer. I think there's a lot of effort and energy and work that needs to be done in and around it. But don't, don't freak out. Um, but what I'm really getting at is before, if you, if you know your Bible at all, uh, you'll see the whole armor of God comes in 610. But prior to that, Heather alluded to this, you will see that these, like, like, like Paul, who wrote this letter to the church of Ephesus, he was addressing some order, like places, uh, positions of your heart, positions in marriage, positions in, as kids or employees or so on and so forth. And what I'm suggesting, and as I'm going to read it, is I really believe so often we want to go to war and the first person you want to fight is the devil because that's what you'll see in, in uh, 610. He's talked talk to him, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So yeah, okay, there's the devil and he hates you and he's working against you. But so often we don't even get to the devil because the first person that needs to be dealt with is the person that looks back in the mirror. It's you, it's me. And that's what this scripture really pushes on. So let it push on you. Um, let, 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 let's see it. So I want you to look at chapter five with me, and I'm just going to 
hit a couple scriptures before I get down to 22. But 5.1 says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. So all of us, male and female, all of us, young and old that love Jesus, we're called to be imitators of God as beloved children, okay? Um, what I would say to this, even when it comes into the submit or whatever, Jesus himself submitted to the Father. In Scripture, he says, I don't do anything on my own will. I only do what the Father wills. So our Lord, our Savior, our King, he submitted when he was on earth. So nobody's above this, not even Christ. He set the example and standard. All right, I want you to look at 8 and 10 with me. Skip down. He talks about sexual immorality and some different things, which are good, but not my point for today. Uh, 8 and 10. For at one time you were darkness. So Heather talked about this. Priest 17-year-old Heather was in darkness. Mary Magdalene was in darkness. Many of you were in darkness. Maybe some of you are in darkness. But this is a clear reality of Christianity. At one time, there's a post and, 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 a, and a current. There's who you were and there's who you are. And this is tough because Scripture does hold some weight on the who you are, Christian. So the who you are shouldn't look like who you were. You should, changes the way you think, changes the way you love, changes the way your marriage looks, changes everything. And that's just, that's, that's Scripture, okay? Therefore, um, where was I at there? Eight and 10, okay. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Um, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And I love this scripture, and I, would, I just want to suggest this or lay this in front of you as you read the Bible, as you pray, as you meet in your small groups, wherever you find yourself in Christianity, hear this scripture, 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That right there is humongous to your walk. Try to discern, Christian, young or old, male or female, discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That's your responsibility. That's my responsibility, okay? So now skip down with me to 15. And he says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. So once again, a responsibility on you and I, believer, on how do we walk? How do we live? How do we respond to scripture and live it out? Uh, 16, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And they really are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Do not be foolish. And, it, and anytime in Scripture, when you see foolish, it's godless. It's without God. Fools are godless people And when you read Scripture. But understand what the will of the Lord is. And, I, and, and all of us, do, do we understand what the will of the Lord is where you're at right here at this very moment? Then he goes into this interesting scripture that, that I said last service, and it's true. I think it's Andrew's favorite one because um, he loves the Holy Spirit, and he used to get drunk. <laughs> he doesn't anymore. Praise God. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. There's, a, there's so much to that. So we're, we get sealed by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in us on salvation. But it, why what, getting filled with the Spirit? And almost if you look at it like you can, if you ever partied and you ever drank, you start to lose your buzz, right? You start to lose it, right? And you keep drinking. The same for the Holy Spirit. We keep dipping it. Keep refilling me, Holy Spirit. You'll see the Holy Spirit's referred to as rivers of living water will flow from your belly. Notice the word rivers, not a reservoir, You don't, you don't get it all, it comes, it flows through you. 
That's the big idea when it comes to the things of the Holy Spirit. They flow rivers. It comes in, it goes out, comes in, goes out. So this is this, is this idea. But be filled with the Spirit. Now, these are some things that happen when you are living filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So what am I suggesting here? What am I saying? What I believe the author of Ephesians, Paul, is saying is there's four things that come out of a spirit-filled Christian. A Christian that's surrendered, walking with Jesus, and has the spirit working in them. Number one, you speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You speak to one another. So this relationship, now like literally psalms, so what is psalms? There's a lot of encouragement in it. There's a lot of hope in it. There's a lot of, you can do it, hang in there, God's with you. You know, he's, that kind of stuff. So when we're speaking to one another, that's a spirit-filled Christian, step one. Step two that you see in there is you're singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So now it's not just the people laterally, it's, it's vertical. So I'm loving, serving, lifting up the people around me. Now I am singing and making melody in your heart. Don't freak if you can't sing, right? It's not like, well, I can't sing. I, don't want I can't sing good at all. But let me tell you something, because God lives in me, I enjoy worshiping God. I enjoy singing to the Lord. I enjoy praising Jesus. It's a byproduct of the Spirit of the Lord inside me. I have no talent. <laughs> it is not talent-based. It's because he's, he's my Lord and he's in me, right? Now, it's not about, well, I can't sing. No, I can't help but to sing, make a melody. My, my heart goes to the Lord. Third thing you see here, giving thanks always. Giving thanks always for all things to God. That's what a spirit, like you got the Holy Spirit working in you and through you, so now my relationships this way are going well, my relationship this way is going well, and now I'm thankful. I have a thankful spirit. You've seen this, right? You see this. This is what happens when Christians get, you know, start walking in the spirit. You see this thankfulness that is just, they start wearing. And then there's the fourth thing, the fourth thing that, that he points to here. Four, submitting to one another in the fear of God submitting to one another in the fear of God. And remember, I had you look at those other things, like what pleases God? What's wisdom? What does God have for you right where you're at? And I know this is like weighty, but, but it, it, it's truth. And it, before you can get to the fighting, you got to get to the right position. You got to have the right like, like spiritual position in your heart on where you're at and where you're, what, what God has called you to do. So the Greek word for submitting does not refer to being under the absolute control of another, but voluntarily placing oneself under the authority of another. And I, I, I do this. She does this. We, we, we voluntarily know that in the body there are people that can see things and speak things to us, and so we voluntarily do this. Um, so now comes some stuff, right? Comes some stuff that's just, just real. And I'm not even going to try to overteach it. I'm not going to try to even like, but I am going to read it. And if, it, if, if you're a wife, it says some stuff to you. If you're a husband, it says some stuff to you. If you're a child or a kid, it says some stuff to you. If you're a worker, or an employee, or a boss, or in management, it says some stuff to you. And like I said, I'm going to pray here, but I want you to let the word of God speak to you. Like, 
Turn off what you think you know, what you've heard, what you were raised in, and say, Lord, speak to me. So, Father, your word is alive. We know it speaks. We know, like, even it separates the bone and the marrow, Lord. So, Father, bring healing. Bring direction. If corrections need, bring it. Bring, let, the, let all the wonderful things that come through the word of God hit my heart and my friends' hearts right now. Speak to us. Bring good conversations from this scripture. Bring direction from this scripture. And Jesus, is, we ask this in your name. Amen. So read along with me. Um, 5.22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. On Mother's Day, I think that's just an amen, right? Some of you guys are like, How do, what's mom want? Does she want this? Mom wants you to just say yes when she says do something, right? There's a, there's a little wisdom coming, coming forth. All right, honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters. Bond servants are people that were working off a debt in, in, in their day and time that they owed something and they were like basically kind of enslaved, enslaved and working it out. Today's translation would be your, your job, your boss, and so on and so forth. Okay, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ not by the way of eye service or as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. And so we stop right there. And once again, why would you put that in there, Jeremiah, before warfare? Because like I said, sometimes I use it in business because I see this in business. Some of you guys are praying that God would fight your battle at work. And you have this idea that you don't, because you don't like your boss and you don't like your job, that you don't have to do a good job. And that's the wrong heart. The first step in spiritual warfare is obeying scripture. So you would go to work with the right attitude and you would serve your boss, whether he's good or bad. 
You would honor, you would look out for the company, you're really trying to push, and then you would say, Lord, give me the armor. Lord, help fight my battle. Same in a marriage. Some of you are praying for your marriage to change, but if you're not gonna obey scripture and you're saying, Lord, what do we do? Like I said, I know there's, 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 there's all sorts of caveats and stories, and I don't have time to go into every one of them, but I do think you need to wrestle with the word of God, pray through it. Some of you, the married couples in here, go home and talk about this, right? Kids, look at this. Are you doing that? Are you honoring? I look at Jesse. <laughs> Are we honoring our parents, right? Are we doing these things? And so before you even get to the war, you got to get to the right position and you got to stand in the right place. And spiritual authority is a real thing that produces fruit in Christians' lives. Um, so did you have any stories that you wanted to yeah, tell on that? Yeah, I was going to. Well, I wanted to. We have Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 is the armor of God. Um, they can put it on there, but I don't want to go through it verse to verse. Through ver You can read it through the week. I'm just going to list the armor of God, and I would challenge you, and I know I'm challenging myself as well, daily get up and remind yourself, okay, I'm going to put on the, the armor of God today. I hear so many people say, this world is chaos. Yes, this world is chaos, especially as believers. We look different. We're to fight different. So if anything, this tomorrow morning, wake up and say, no, I need to put on the armor of God today. I've got this. God's got this. We're going to fight this together. So here's the list of the armor of God that we can use daily. We have fastened on the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness. If you are a child of God, you are righteous. Walk in that righteousness. Shoes for feet, the gospel of peace. Even though you're going through a warfare, you should feel Jesus' peace. You should be peaceful. Just keep walking and have that peace. Shield of faith. It talks about the darts coming at you, that enemy throwing those lies at you. You put up that shield of faith and you say, no, I'm a child of God. I know who my king is, and I am going to overcome this. And you put that shield of faith up. Helmet of salvation. He died for you. Um, sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And lastly, be in prayer. Pray. Ask the Lord. Tell Him. Cry out to Him what you're going through, what you're feeling. As I was preparing this message, the Lord reminded me of a story of younger Heather and Jeremiah. We were newly married. And I'm with this story, this is my story. Um, I believe the Lord put it on my heart, so I hope um, it's for someone out here. But we were newly married, so we're still, as we only, we got engaged at eight months, 13 months we were married, so Woo! we're still getting to know each other at this time. But Some hot love, guys. <laughs> Um, we had a motorcycle, and we had we lived in Columbus, Ohio at the time, and we and this is pre kids, so um, we went out, and for some reason, I tried on I was trying on clothes, and I tried on a pair of jeans. I, I it's a thing. It is. I don't know if any women can relate. Now <laughs> they've made leggings and jeggings, and they're my favorite. But I tried on a pair of jeans. Okay. And I felt horrible. I didn't like how the jeans fit me. I felt fat. I felt not pretty. It, like, ruined my night. I don't know if you guys have ever had those 
moments. And we were supposed to be out having, like, a good time. So we leave, and I keep, this is a battle that I'm battling in my, I put the jeans away, didn't buy the jeans. I'm battling inside of my, my head. Uh, I'm not, I, this is horrible. Um, I'm going to, and I, I work out, I'm working out at the gym, and I still can't fit in these jeans. So on, we were on, I'm on the back of his motorcycle, and I am just crying because I just feel horrible. And on our way home, he pulls off at a park, and he gets off, and he's like, what's going on? I mean, he could just, like, feel it. Like, the Lord put, we're married, we're one, and he was like, what's going on? Because I don't know if I'm sure other people are like me. I've got this. I can battle this. Mm-hmm. I can overcome it. I'm good. I'm not going to say anything. So I, I tell him how I'm feeling. And, then, and she, when it comes to this type of stuff, she'll always say, and she still does this, this is stupid. This is really stupid. Yeah. And go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And so we talk about it, and then he prays over me. And as, uh, I, I, as a wife, I love that he, I, even to this day, I love when he prays for me and, like, prays over me. Um, so we pray together, and through that prayer, the Lord had spoke and said, you have picked up a spirit at the gym, um, an insecurity spirit. And I've been in gyms before, and I've been fine. So we prayed over that spirit. And the Lord had told me to fast the gym because I would get up in the morning, go work out, and then I would go to work. It was just what I did. And he said, fast the gym. And instead of taking that time to go to the gym, I want you to get in my word. I want you to pray. And so, um, so we did that. And I, guys, I got back on that motorcycle, and I felt so much better because the Lord had, like, seen me. He has set me free. And I took that time. And I, I took the gym, didn't go, and I, like, prayed and I spent time with him, and it was just so good. But I was just so thankful, too, that he gave me Whoa. someone to fight that battle. Because I'm it, i just going to fight it by myself. But he Right. Knows. You put on the, verse, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God yeah. that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Yeah. So this, the devil, and that's why I said, once you get the foundation, and in this case... A husband is the head of the house right. in this particular dynamic. Yeah. It wasn't that I was more spiritual. It was just the role I was standing in. Wasn't, and I could feel the Lord kind of drop in my spirit, minister to your wife. And I did. And he could have ignored that and just drove home, and it would have been another night. So even men, like, talk to your wives. Like, pray with them. Like, help them out. We're each other's helpmates. And some of you aren't married. Right. Married. So that's so, why, but, but even but, to that point, there are elders. Yes. We have this. God didn't just accidentally say, you're all on your own. No. You're, we want to, I'm an elder. I don't, we're not perfect at it. We're still goofball guys, but we're trying to love and serve and listen and minister. This is the big idea with this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I want to move, go ahead and move on to the next point for Mary Magdalene. If we look in Luke 8 again in verse 1 through 3, it talks about the women that she was with when she walked and served and ministered with Jesus. It just wasn't Mary Magdalene. 
Um, She had a group of women around her that surrounded her and helped her in this. So I want to challenge women and men, but especially women, to who are you surrounding yourself with? Are your friends challenging you to love, serve, and minister with Jesus? Or are they trying to get you to go do other things? Um, uh, with the men around, I see a lot of women tear each other down, um, compare. Preach. We compare each other. We judge each other. We say, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way, but okay, <laughs> you know. Um, so what I want to challenge you guys today is to let's live life together and let's encourage each other. Let's build each other up. If you see someone doing something differently that you wouldn't do, don't tear them down. Encourage them. Um, And build friends. If you're out on your own, try, pray, and ask the Lord to give you a good group of friends. I am naturally an introvert, and I married an extrovert. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) He can make friends. We went to a wedding last night, and we didn't know who he sat beside that they had assigned. And all of us were like, oh, whoever's beside Jeremiah is going to know his His life story by the end of the night. Now I have a little kid as my best friend. (laughs) I think actually him and his mom switched spots, so I kind of think I creeped him out. So... That's the power of an extrovert. You just keep going. You will be my friend. And I'm I'm more quiet and think I can do it by myself. But we moved to Columbus. We moved from Columbus, Ohio to Brookville, Indiana about almost 18 years ago. And I was in my low 30s at that point. So I left my family and friends in Columbus, Ohio, and we moved around Jeremiah's family and I wasn't super close with him. So I go to get my hair done, and there's a lady in there, and she has, she says, so do you have any friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> uh, no, nope, I am 30, and I can successfully say that I do not have any friends. But I felt so stupid, and well, she says, well, I know a mom here in town that has little kids, and I had little kids as well, and she said, let me take your name and number, and I'll pass it on to her, and I was just like, okay, here you go. So I come home, I'm like, when got my hair done, someone took my name and number so I can get more friends. <laughs> I'm 30, um, so okay, we're, and we're doing this. <laughs> But what was so cool is that the lady, the mom, called me. She called me, and she didn't know who I was, and she said, hey, do you want to get together? So we ended up getting together. We both have young friends, and this was about almost 18 years. And, guys, that lady was Kristen Sanders, um, who is, works, is on staff here at the church. And we now are so close to Kristen and Josh Sanders, and because we got to know them, they were leading a high school group called Youth for Christ, and they've asked us to come in and help, and then we started going in and helping, and then we started leading a high school group called Young Life, 
and it was for Franklin County High School, so we started um, helping with that ministering yep. going on. Now. But what I'm saying is Jesus brought me a friend when I was in 30, and that friend brought opportunities for us to go yeah. and serve and get in ministry, just like Mary Magdalene and her friends. So that's what I want you to challenge, challenge you to. And if you don't have good friends, pray, because he'll... Bring them to you, and then you have to go out of your comfort zone because I had to get out of my house and go meet Kristen Sanders and get to know. And your lady. friends may not be like you. you, you oh, yes, you know. yeah. They're, the women here in Luke 8, they were from different social yep. levels. There was a woman that was the manager of Herod's palace, and then there was Mary Magdalene who had seven demons casted out. She was like a social outcast. So sometimes as women, we tend to be friends with people who are like us. So I challenge you to be friends with women who don't see everything like you too, especially moms. We're not all going to mom the same. That's something I tell my kids all the time when they say, oh, so-and-so's mom lets them do this. And I was (laughs) like, oh, we all parent different. So this is how I'm parenting. Um, a good, this is where I'm going to plug this in because I am the women's ministry of Cobblestone. Di- director, you're director. the women's ministry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm the women's ministry. I am the women's ministry. <laughs> I am the women's ministry director of Cobblestone. And I love you guys. I want to see you grow and um, we do Bible studies. So we have a fireside chat coming up this Friday. It is not at the church. It is at Diane Leinhardt's house. And there's flyers. You'll see them in the bathrooms if you want to uh, take a picture of it. There's some out there. But come to this. It's so much fun. We just hang out by the fire, listen to stories, and you can share if you want to. But it's a good spot to build those um, friendships and relationships. Good. So, I think. You want me in? I'm in? Oh, you're, I tag, tag, tag. All, right. tag. All right. The third point, guys, we have here is, uh, if, if you want to take a quick glance, look at John chapter 19, 25. We kind of started there, I believe. Um, this will swing a little bit more over to the men of the church. Uh, John nineteen twenty five says, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, as we, we started with, mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Um, and, and what I really wanted you guys, and like I said, this is all people, but I really want to talk to the men. Jesus was in agonizing pain, dying on the cross, and thinking about mom. And he looks, and his, his, you know, his real close friend, John, who refers to himself as the one whom Jesus loved, he looks, and he says, hey, John, that's your mom. Mom, son. They, he had brothers and sisters. He had, and there's a lot of interesting conversation around that. But for this moment, he said, John. He wanted John to take care of his mom. And I I just wanted to take a minute. Do you guys think John just flippantly did that? Do you think John just said, hey, I'll get you a a, a cot in the the barn? Eh." Or do you think John really took the weight and said, oh my, I got to take care of Jesus' mom, 
Mary is my responsibility. She matters. Jesus looked me eye to eye in in an incredibly hard moment for him and and basically told me to do this. So I want to ask the men and men, because as you heard in Ephesians, there is different responsibilities, just the way God made us. We are male and female. We have different roles, different roles in marriage, different roles in the church, different roles, and that's okay. That's okay. But listen, men, how are you doing with the people in your life that Jesus is asking you to serve or take care of? That wife, Ephesians 5, talked about that. Nurture, love, take care of, listen to. Is she doing well? How would she, what, what would she say to that? Have you even asked her? Do you care? What about your kids? You saw, don't provoke your kids. Do, do, to anger. How are you loving the kids? Are you disciplining and raising them in the things of God? How about your mom? How about your friends? Because there is a responsibility on men. There is. And, and, and we don't all love it. And as elders, we talk about this. And we want to see the men of cobblestone. Don't be, don't be condemned. Don't feel like, it. well, I, I don't pray over my wife. I feel like a loser. That's not what I'm saying. I'm challenging you and I'm encouraging you. Start. Start somewhere. Ask the Lord, Lord, help me. I'm weak in these areas. Ed preached about that last week. Weak faith, weak. Some of you guys just need an example. That's actually what elders are. Elders to be an example. Hopefully our elders, how we love our wives, take care of our families, are giving you an example. So you say, you, there, it is, there it is, find Hugh, find Tim, find one of our elders and say, how do I love my wife? We're not gonna bite you. We're gonna say, hey, first off, start this way. Lord, will you bless my wife? Will you help her? Will you guide her? Will you help her be a mom? How do I love my kids? Pray over your kids. Talk to them, listen to them so on and so forth. So there is weight, and I want to, put, I want to finish with this, this thought with, with this kind of weight. And I think men, we, once again, like we said, the devil attacks us differently. All the same, but differently. Women get a certain way attacked. Men get a certain way attacked. They just do. Um, but I also think sometimes preaching and teaching, women receive a certain way, and men receive a certain way. Uh, at least a lot of the men in my life. And, and men tend to be like, just give it to me straight, dude. Rip the Band-Aid off. I'm okay. So I'm going to give it to you straight here. James uh, chapter 19, oh, I'm sorry, James chapter 1, verse 19 says this. Knowing this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I've memorized that scripture. I've got friends that have anger issues. I've had some anger issues. It's a good one. The, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And women, don't get me wrong, I'm not just talking to men on this. Women can be very angry. Anyways, <laughs> amen? Some of the guys are like, yeah, amen. Um, 21, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Receive this word. Receive what God has said. The Holy Spirit's saying it, and, and these authors wrote. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself, goes away at once, forgets what he was like, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, look into it, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. 
If anyone thinks he is religious, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, this is actually healthy, good religion he's talking about, the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So there's a responsibility for men of God to look out, the widows and orphans, look out for those that can't look out for themselves. We are, I mean, we, we live in a time where it's like, oh, you know, toxic masculinity. But masculinity is not a bad word. God created you to be a man. Be a man of God. Know what that means. Walk in that. Talk in that. Embrace that. That is truth. And then in a time right now, we need examples of men stepping up, walking, loving, leading, serving. I got a lot of friends that, that are single that are even praying for these men, praying for young men to walk this way. So then they're like, hey, that's husband material, right? So there's a need. There's a need. So, yep. all right. All right, the fourth um, thing that we want to look at with Mary Magdalene, and the last thing is in John 20, 11 through 18. If you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles there, this is where Jesus has resurrected and he shows himself to Mary Magdalene. Okay, it says, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and she wept. And she, as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he said these things to her. So what, there's a few things that I want to look at in these scriptures. It starts out with Mary weeping because she just looked in the tomb and Jesus is gone. And so I can say that I've had those seasons in my life where I am just weeping and I'm crying out to God because I can't feel him. Where is he? Um, what is going on? I'm sure a lot of you have had, where are you, Lord? I can't feel you. Where, are, where did you go? I can't see you. And so she is just weeping. And then Jesus is right there, and I love how she, like, I just picture it as she's just weeping, and she doesn't even, she thinks Jesus is the gardener, and he, <laughs> like, talks to her. But then it takes him to say her name, to say Mary. And then once he said her name, that's when she recognized who Jesus was. 
And so have you ever felt like you can't feel Jesus, you're just crying out? And I know that I have. And he says, Heather, I'm here Amen. with you. I, I'm right here. So I want you to know that Jesus knows your name. He sees you. He knows your desires. He knows what you're crying out for. Yes, he does. And he is your healer. He's your deliverer. Yes. He just died on the cross for our sins. He's our Savior. Amen. And I want you guys to know that. Some of you are sitting in here and asking that question, Lord, do you see me? Yeah. Do you hear me crying out? And he has sent me here today saying, he sees you. He hears you. He hears your prayers. And when he's crying, and he wants to know that he's right there with you, and he is going to walk with you. And not after he has said that, what, once he gets Mary's attention, he says, go. Go tell my disciples that I am alive. Amen. And what does she do? She goes and tells the disciples. So not only does he know your name, but he wants you to stop weeping, and he wants you to get up, and go. he wants you to go and tell people who Jesus is to you. You have a story, and it's your story. What has Jesus done for you? What is Jesus calling you to do? Amen. He has a calling on every single one of you. And it's not just to sit here on church on Sunday. It's for you to go out and do his will and his call for his life. I think with this, and especially women, we can get caught up on our identity. Like, oh, who am I? What am I to do? I am, I've been a wife. I've been Jeremiah's wife. How many people have called me Jeremiah's <laughs> wife? But I'm not just Jeremiah's wife. I've been Faith's mom, Hallie, Jesse's mom. And, and I am those. I am the wife. I am the mom. But most importantly, I am a child of God. Amen. He has put me on here to do his work, and I want to get up to heaven, and I want to hear good and faithful servant. Yes, and not Lord. only me, but I want to bring others with me. So what are you? That's my challenge today. What is your calling to do? What are you to do here on this earth? How many people are you going to have in heaven that they are going to be there because you were good, you were, you're bold enough to share your story with them? So let's bring people with us. So sure, I'm a wife and I'm a mom, but I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. So most importantly... She's, uh, if I can interject here real quick, I know we got to close this, <laughs> land this plane. David, actually, if you guys want to go ahead and come on up. Uh, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, one of the things that's blown my, my mind with my wife and kind of made me a little scared, if I'm honest, uh, <laughs> is her relationship with Jesus. It was one, I, I mean, 23, 24 years ago, I saw it. She took Jesus serious, and I love that. She's never let up on taking Jesus serious. Her and Jesus's time, for me, challenges me to be like, oh, man, I better be careful. That woman knows Jesus, and Jesus is pretty powerful, right? And, and I mean it in all the right ways. That, put, that motivates me and pushes me. And um, yeah, and, and whether there's Jeremiah or not, she loves Jesus. Right. Ah, it that's is. good. Yeah. She, it's, I'm spending eternity with Jesus. So, 
But I want you women, as the women's ministry director, I have been praying for you all. Yes. I, my, and my prayer for you all is that you would know that Jesus sees you, that he loves you, and he wants good for you. And so that's what I want you to know. And I want you to walk out of here feeling Jesus' love all over you. And I want people outside of here to look at you and say, that woman loves the Lord. So I'm going to pray, pray us out. And as we just end in prayer, we will worship the Lord. And we'll have prayer people down here that if you need prayer, please come and get prayer. We don't want, want you just walking out. Um, we want to help you and walk this yeah, life. Yeah, we're glad to pray with you. So, you got to get yeah. kids, get yeah. kids after yeah, the song. Yeah, family but, ministry, make yeah. sure you get kids too. So we'll go ahead and pray. Pray for them, babe. Um, Father, we just thank you for today. We just thank you for this word. Lord, I thank you that you know our names. Yes. Every single person in here, man, woman, children, Lord, that you know our names, that you are our creator and that you created us in your image and to do your will, Lord. So I just pray that you speak to every single person. What does that look like for them? How do you want them to live that out, God? And I just pray that we will go out this week after today, even for Mother's Day, that we can um, just show your love and just go Monday through next Sunday, every single day, just walking in your, your steps, God. Show us how to put on the armor of God and be in this world and let your light shine through us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.